Welcome to the Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by Boxing Hall of Famer, the great Teddy Atlas. Today's special episode is brought to you by MyBookie. Check them out at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S, for 100% credit on your first deposit up to $1,000. So put in $1,000, they'll match you $1,000. You'll have two grand to play with. As always, bet responsibly. Teddy, short episode today covering the upcoming Luke Campbell versus King Ryan Garcia fight. Huge step up in competition for the young Ryan Garcia. Luke Campbell coming off of the um, loss to Lomachenko in the UK. Um, dying to get your thoughts on this one. This is a, uh, like I said, a huge step up for Ryan Garcia. It'd be interesting to see how, uh, how both guys look. What should we look for? Yeah, Garcia, you know, is a media star a little bit. I mean, he's smart. He knows how to talk. He's very articulate. He presents himself a good-looking kid. Reminds me a little bit of the, his promoter, who he probably doesn't get along with too great. Nobody <laughs> seems to be getting along too good with the lawyer nowadays. But uh, he, he reminds me a little bit of him because back in the day when De La Hoya was on top, De La Hoya was, I mean, he was like a matinee idol. Uh, all the girls <laughs> came out to watch him, and he crossed over a little bit. And uh, it was pretty extraordinary. He was so popular because of his looks, and he could fight. And same thing with Garcia, because of his looks, and he could fight. We're going to find out if he can fight now. It's kind of like at that point now. Uh, a lot of people are thinking, like, all right, we know he's smart. We know he's articulate. We know he's got a huge following on social media. Now let's find out if he can fight, you know? And it reminds me, Ken, of, of that that great, great uh, story uh, that the old timers would tell me all the time, constant everybody, where the guy, where the guy uh, is at a fight, a club fight, and there's a priest there, and the priest is the neighborhood priest who would be in all the fights, all the fights. And so the next fight is getting in the ring, and the fans are standing there, they're watching, they're standing up against the wall, there's their standing room only, and the priest is standing there, and one of the fighters gets in the ring and he goes over to his corner, he bends down, he crosses himself, he looks up to the sky, you know, and then, then he gets up and, you know, he goes back and he's, he's ready to go. And the fan turns to the priest and says, Father, does that really help? And the priest looks at him and says, only if you can fight, son. <laughs> and that's kind of where we are. That's kind of where we are with Ryan Garcia now. You know, does that help the social media, uh, the all the stuff that is part of Ryan Garcia's world, uh, the good looks, the great left hook, everything, all that stuff, does it help? Yeah, if you can fight, son. And now's the time to fight. find out, son, can, can he fight? So, uh, as you said, Ken, uh, step up. Uh, Big age difference, 22-year-old Garcia, 33-year-old Campbell. Big experience difference, as it would suggest. You know, Campbell's been in world title fights. Uh, Campbell's even won a vacant world title. But also, Campbell has lost three times. And those three losses were in title fights to the best opposition. One of them he revenged, Mendy. He, he revenged. But the other two, uh, you know, uh, Obviously, Lomachenko uh, 
great fighter. And the other one was to Linares. Yep. And so, so Campbell, that's, again, we put the x-ray machine on stuff when we put it out there. He's lost three times. Those three fights represent the three best fighters, world-class next-step fighters that he's ever fought. And so those three losses represent every time he stepped up, every time he was in that high-caliber you know, One thing, Teddy, to point out with Linares, it was a split decision loss. And like you said, he avenged the Mendy loss. Only the Lomachenko was like a one-sided. Yeah, but I, but see, you just gave me something. You're right. But it's kind of like you got, you just showed me three of a kind. I'm going to show you a full house. Uh, I'm going to match your three of kind. And I'm going to say, here's my full house. My full house is, He's also been dropped in all those three fights. Every one of those fights, he got dropped. So every time he stepped up to that level, he got dropped and he lost. Yes, split decision, but he lost and he got dropped. All I'm saying is, again, I'm putting the CAT scan on it, where I'm giving the fans everything out there to evaluate. And it's still a big step up for the 22-year-old against the 33-year-old who's never been in with that kind of competition. Campbell knows he belongs. This guy doesn't know yet. He thinks he knows, but until you actually do it in the ring, you don't really know. That's a big difference. That's what experience is all about. That's what going to the next level is really the most difficult part of it, is that, the, the unknown. So for the fighter, for himself, not for the fans, we're always – guessing and trying to figure out but it's really the for the fighter that it means something he needs to know and he's he's stepping up in experience and style why did i use that word style because to me that's the x factor that's the most important part of this this matchup for him He's going in there with a style similar to him, except the guy's a southpaw. The guy's a counterpuncher. Ryan's a counterpuncher. Their temperaments are to be careful for the most part. You know, Ryan wants to be the boss a little bit, but he still wants to counter. He wants to get his stuff off of your mistakes. He wants to control range. And that's what Campbell does. And Campbell does it from the southpaw position. That's the difference. And... Neither one of these guys are physically strong. They, they, they don't have a lot of physicality to them. I'm not saying they're not strong in their own ways. I think if you go on the strength part, it's probably the younger, probably the younger Garcia is a little stronger. But he's definitely the better puncher. He's the, he's the better puncher. And he's got a tremendous kind of left hook. But the interesting thing, again, in this fight is style. And I use that again because... He's not getting a cooperative style in this step up, he being Garcia, where he likes guys to come at him, he can count him, he can keep them on the, you know, keep them on the outside, walk them into stuff, make them make mistakes and pay for it. He's got a guy who's gonna play chess with him, where he's gonna be looking to get him to walk into mistakes. He's gonna be looking for counter opportunities. So it's gonna be a little bit of a chess match. And so I find that as Interesting, and the first thing that I look at when I'm handicapping a fight is that element to it, the styles. Also, the other thing is I mentioned that Campbell is a southpaw, and let's not forget he's a gold medalist from the Olympics. So he's, you know, to be a gold medalist, you got to be a little, you've done something special 
it, 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 it lends to your confidence, to your belief. It's part of that belief, part of that confidence that you were able to beat the best amateurs in the world and get a gold medal uh, in the Olympics. Now, Garcia was a good amateur too, not at that level, but a, a good amateur too. Garcia, his best weapon, I touched on it a minute ago, is his counter left hook. Bah, real sneaky. Bah. Oh, it's beautiful. It really is. That's being taken away from him a little bit in this fight, being that Campbell's a southpaw. Because normally with the orthodox fighter, you get him to reach you with the right hand, the backhand a little bit, and then boom, you count him with the left hook. Well, now that right hand is the lead hand. It's up here. It's, 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 it's in the jab. It's, it's not going to be so careless where maybe it's a reaching right hand. Now it's a jab where if it's thrown at the right time, it's keeping distance and it's not giving you the distance that you need to counter with the left hook. It's not giving you the exact environment, the exact situation that you're looking for normally where a guy misses the right, bop! Now he's got that jab if he throws it again at the right distance and keeps the right space. It's going to be a little bit more difficult for you to time him with your best punch, the left hook. So that gets taken out of the equation. Not completely. If you do it right, you can still time him, but he's going to have to do it really a little at a different level now because he's going to have to time, he's going to have to time the left hook over that right jab. It's a little more difficult. So that might have been taken out of the equation to make it a little bit more difficult for Ryan where he doesn't have his Sunday punch. Now he's going to have to depend on the – well, on the southpaw killer, the right hand. On, and he's got a good right hand. He loops it sometimes, and he throws it straight sometimes. He, he's going to have to count on that right hand a little bit more. But this fight's going to come down to who can be the boss a little more. Both counterpunches, both cautious guys, but who can find a way? It's going to come down to the jab. Southpaw jab, orthodox jab. Garcia's orthodox, uh, careful southpaw jab, the right jab. It's going to come down, Ken, to who can use the jab more effectively to be the boss, to create offense where there's no offense on the back end. Because these guys like to find offense on the back end, on the counter-punching end. And that's not going to be presented to them so easily now with the styles I just described. So they're going to have to find a way now to create that offense. And in order to create that offense, it's going to come down to the jab. Who can use the jab where... They're going to create offense on the front end instead of just looking for the opportunities on the back end for somebody to make a mistake. Who can do that better? And who can still do it without compromising their mentality, their style, their strengths of still being smart, still being looking to set traps, still doing But it, again, when it's not there because neither one's cooperating, create it in a different way on the front end by being aggressive with your jab and not giving up counter opportunities while you're doing it. That's the trick. Who can be the boss with the jab? Who can be the boss in there? Remember that, that television show? Uh, Rob's going to get it up for me because our man, our good friend, uh, Tony Dancer came on our show to do the, <laughs> you know, to do the show, the, which you people, hopefully you saw it out there. I think it's still out there in the archives if you haven't seen it. But where we did the charity foundation for my charity foundation, where we did the, uh, for, we did the virtual, virtual, 
Yeah, the, the virtual show, and we had Tony Danza, we had Phil Sims, we had the great, uh, uh, we had the great uh, Dickie um, Vital, uh, we Holy had the field. great Cormier, Holyfield, Daniel Cormier, Halani, uh, uh, Ariel Halani, Halani. I mean, we had all these great people on there, but Danza was great, and he used to have a show, one of his. TV sitcom shows that, that made him famous years ago was The Boss. Who's know? the boss? So, who's the boss? That's <laughs> what this fight comes down to. I should have Tony on here with us uh, <laughs> really to, to do this fight. For the people who didn't hear that, I would strongly recommend that you go back and listen to Tony Danza because if you don't know who he is, you might think like, oh, I don't care. But if you want to hear some good boxing stories, he was like, what was he, 9-0 and with like six or seven knockouts as a no, pro? No, not 9-0, and but, but at one point he was, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't 9-0, but, but he was a good he was, puncher. He was a real pro boxer, though, like a legit. Yeah, he was. And they discovered him, yeah. and he became an actor. Oh, yeah, he was. But he he's was, got some great stories. Um, great stories. I mean, real stories, boxing stories. None like him. None like him. None like him. And, and he was around all the characters. And he was, a real, like you said, he was a real fighter and, um, and a good puncher, legitimately a good puncher. But anyway, that's what this fight's going to come down to. Who's the boss? And... It's going to come down to all the things I think I just put together in the proper way. Uh, at the end of the day, I think the guy with the better jab is, I, I think it's uh, the younger kid. I think it's Garcia. I think he's got the better jab. Uh, he hasn't learned how to lose yet. He knows kind of what we touched on early here, Ken, which is so important. He knows that kind of like that story with the priest. You know, only if you can fight, son. He knows everyone's now looking to see if he was just a built-up commodity or if he's the real deal. And so he knows what's on the line. And I think he's prepared for what's on the line. And at the end of the day, I think he'll use the jab to be the boss. Um, he'll, he'll, create, he'll create offense that way. He'll, he'll find a way to be more aggressive and push back Campbell in spots when he has to. But listen, it ain't going to be easy because Campbell's got all that experience. And Campbell, in his later age, I've noticed has become a little bit more of that sit-down guy. That, yeah, he's still a counterpuncher at heart. But he, in the Lomachenko fight, he, he stung. He stung Lomachenko a couple of times. They know he's the naturally bigger guy. But he stung Lomachenko a couple of times where he sat down and caught Lomachenko, you know, coming a little bit and stood with him a little bit. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to really be an eye-opener. It's going to be a very intriguing, interesting fight to see who's the boss, to see what's what. And I can't help it, Ken. I'm human, you know. I'm human like anyone else. And I like, I don't know, I like to put things out. If it's against me, come on, come on. Bring it because you gotta you gotta be able to take it as well as give it. Um, so I'm I'm open to anything that that I need to uh, understand that I could do better with or whatever. Um, well, the same thing. That's why I don't have this problem saying it because I take it both ways, coming and going. And I, when you guys, again, and I'm not trying to be trite or trivial. Um, I'm trying my best not to be. But I'm human, you know, you feel things. When you watch some of these shows that are going to highlight what's going to 
what's common, a handicap, what's common. If some of them, maybe, maybe, a little bit sounds familiar to something you heard here, you heard it here probably. That's why. <laughs> because <laughs> I have found that some of these uh, shows out there that, you know, are broadcasting the fight, or attached to the fight, whatever, uh, and it's not just me thinking maybe, uh, it's beyond that. You know, one of the, quite frankly, one of the producers in one of the places, uh, without getting anyone in trouble, was very honest with me. Because I said, I brought up, I said, do you guys watch our podcast to, uh, when, when you're doing some of your, your shows, your pre-fight shows, and you're getting some of your material? To, because it, I'm just wondering, it sounds pretty kind of familiar. And, <laughs> and the guy, to his credit, immediately said, yeah, we watch it all the time. Yeah, we, we watch the podcast, you and Ken, all the time, Ted. <laughs> and it's a must. <laughs> and then, yeah, we do. We want. And listen, thank you. I appreciate that. That means something, that you have that kind of uh, thought and, and confidence in what we say. I, I appreciate it um, very much. I do. Uh, I would appreciate also if every once in a while you said, hey, you know, Ken and Teddy talked about this. I, I, I you know, uh, call me being a little sensitive right now. It's, you know, it's the holidays. I, <laughs> you know, I, I step under the mistletoe every once in a while. You know what I mean? And and I, I feel that, you know, I want to get a kiss, um, you know, from, from the right people. <laughs> and occasionally, to the credit of some of the UFC guys, those guys are much more likely to give credit when uh, when they do listen to the show. And one example of that would be Israel Adesanya after his fight in the octagon after a title fight, you know, gave you a shout out in your comparison to his style to Roy Jones. And we had him on the show a week or two later. So this uh, we appreciate when people recognize and, uh, and, and footnote us. Yeah, they don't have to. I of get it. Not. I'm being a little trite, a little trivial, maybe. I don't know. A little sensitive. It's, I don't know. I'm going to go have some eggnog after I'm finished with this, and maybe it'll all wash away. I don't know. But but it's just human. It's just human. And you're like, you're like uh, we work hard at it. And, and, uh, and we appreciate all you guys out there, all the fans. Without you guys, there's nothing to do. We couldn't do this. But, um, you know, so we appreciate if we do something that makes a little sense uh, that maybe somebody, before they just say it as their own, they, they could also say, yeah, I, you know, I heard a little birdie uh, talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Two little birdies. So, you know. Well, uh, to your point, uh, we do appreciate the fans. And if you'd like to put a few shekels on this fight, and only if you're going to gamble responsibly, please check out mybookie.ag. Once again, use the promo code ATLAS, A-T-L-A-S, for 100% credit on your first deposit. If you'd like to bet on this fight, Ryan Garcia is a minus 285 favorite. Luke Campbell is plus 210, meaning bet 100 to win 210 on Luke Campbell. Um, Teddy, does the line influence your pick at all on this fight? Is Give me that line again. Give me that line again. Minus 285 on Ryan Garcia. That's a big number to lay in a big step-up fight, but the number would suggest that people are expecting at a rate of almost 3-1 to one that Ryan Garcia gets the win. You know, in this 
uh, you could be influenced by lines when you think a guy's a live dog. And, and, and listen, Gamble's a live dog because there are some questions still about Garcia, not about his talent, but about can he execute his talent when the moment comes to execute his talent at a higher level, uh, at a bigger stage. Can he do that? Uh, we don't know for sure. We think he can, but we don't know for sure. Uh, and again, he's in there with a different style. Not a guy who's so cooperative, who's right in front of him, you know, maybe looking to get to him and Brian takes advantage of that reckless aggression. No, it is or, or a little something wrong in his technique. But in this case, he's got a mirror in front of him a little bit where the other guy's going to be looking to set traps. The other guy's going to be looking to counterpunch. The other guy's going to be looking for him to bite. So um, it, it's a different it's a different look. It's a different situation. And... So in that way, I could see you saying Campbell's a live dog. And, and because there are question marks about uh, Ryan. It's not like he's one of these veteran guys we've seen in X amount of title fights. We've seen with this level of competition X amount of time. And we just know. I don't care if it's three to one, four to one. I know what I know. You're not sure that you know. That's the key. So in that way, I could see you putting a couple of shekels on Campbell. At the end of the day, I'm not. At the end of the day, I'm going to go with the younger guy um, who I think is – I think youth will serve him. Uh, experience is very important. Uh, but I think that he'll be served by youth because he also, he also has a good ring IQ. He's got a good ring IQ. He believes that this is his destiny. And um, I – every time you see a guy take that step, sometimes they fail, sometimes they make it. But usually they are young. Usually they are inexperienced. And they make that step. He's going to be one of those guys that is young, who is inexperienced in certain areas, and he is going to make that step. Um, so uh, at the end of the day, uh, I'm, I'm going to stay with Garcia. And for, and for those who um, want to learn a little bit more about Ryan Garcia, we did a great interview with him a few months ago. If you'd like yeah. to go back into the archives, check it out. One more thing, Teddy. Um, well, two things. First, the fight is in Dallas, um, Dallas, Texas. I assume there'll be a few fans there. Um, Luke Campbell's only fought outside of the U.K., twice um once in the loss to Linares and another time he got a win uh in the last couple of years but how much of a factor is that the fact that he's got to travel overseas basically to Ryan Garcia's backyard for all intents and purposes is that how, how much does that influence uh Campbell's mindset versus Garcia's that's a great point Kent to bring that up especially for people out there looking for the information they can garner uh to make a you know to make a bet if they're going to make a wager uh, how does somebody travel? When I used to do the ESPN fights uh, on, on the air and call those fights, I looked at everything. And one of the things I look at, how does this guy travel? Does he travel well? You know, do we know? And if we don't know, well, it's an X factor, a possible X factor, a possible variable that could influence the fight either way. So that that's, uh, I'm going to say... <laughs> Sometimes those guys open across the pond where, where I love you guys, you know that. Um, they're so used to that home cooking. I don't mean by decision. I mean just, just that home feel, that, that comfort. I know you're alone in the ring. That's one thing about fighting. You're alone in that ring at the end of the day. Nobody's fighting for you, with you, helping you. But there is a certain, there is a certain comfort in having – 
20, 30,000. And these guys over there, when they're popular, that's what they have. They don't have 5,000, 10,000. They have 20, 30, 40,000 people because over in London and England, over in the United Kingdom, I mean, they identify with their fighters and they come out. They come out uh, for the most part in, in a lot of ways, unless it's an iconic fight, unless it's a mega fight over here. They come out much bigger, bigger numbers over there, much bigger. So you get used to that, that comfort of blanket, I don't know, if you will, you, you know, just that good feeling that 75%, again, you're fighting alone. You're fighting alone. But 75% of this game is this. So if that helps you 3%, 2%, 1%, whatever, to make you feel a little bit more sure in your own mind, even though in reality you're still alone, Guess what? It's two percent. It's one percent. So that's a great point on your part um, to bring that up. Uh, that's that's not there. That's not there uh, right now for Campbell. But what's also not there is that huge home crowd that Garcia would have. He, he have a crowd, but if, because of the pandemic, it'll be limited. It, it won't be quite at the level, obviously, that it would have been. So those are tangibles. Those are really legitimate things to uh, bring up, which I'm glad you did. Yeah, and to your point, uh, Ryan, no one brings out the crowd quite like Ryan Garcia. I mean, he sold out the entire Honda Center in uh, back in like December or January before the pandemic started. But one last thing I wanted to touch on is um, you mentioned his fight IQ. They did an awesome analysis of his last knockout of the kid he fought Fonseca at, at the Honda Center where he basically did a breakdown where he said, look, it slowly described the entire sequence where he said, look, you'll watch here. I put my hands up high, inviting him to throw a punch. I took a defensive posture, and the minute Fonseca opened up to throw whatever he was going to throw, Garcia hit him with a bomb of a left hook and knocked him out cold. I thought that that was pretty good and showed a lot of IQ and, and, and really showed a lot of strategy and tactic that the casual fan might not have caught that. They just see a big left hook thrown in exchange. What'd you think of that uh, analysis that he provided? I think it's great that you brought it up. Um, it does show his IQ. And also, to my point, breaking this fight down, um, it shows you the temperament of a counterpuncher. He thinks like a counterpuncher. He's a counterpuncher. You know, he, he's not a seek and destroy guy. He'll, he'll go get you when he has to, uh, when it's time. But his mentality, his makeup is a counterpuncher. He, he told you right there that that's what I am. That's how I think. That's where it starts for me. And... In handicapping this fight, that style is not going to be in front of him. You know, Fonseca, good fighter, really good fighter, but style is different. He's not going to have that style, that mentality in front of him. He's going to have a guy more with his style, his mentality in front of him, where he's not going to be able to make those plans or depend on those plans for the guy to cooperate in that kind of way. He's going to have to make new plans. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. And he's going to have to devise uh, different ways to get what he gets from other guys that he won't get from a counterpuncher. As I said earlier, you have to find ways to create offense and offer the, offer the front end maybe was jab, where before he could let the other guy create his offense for him by 
getting a little bit over anxious by looking for a big shot where he can take advantage of that. He he won't have that for the most part in this matchup. So that's that's I'm glad you brought that up. Um because that 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 should be added in to handicapping and breaking down his fight. Well guys, this is uh this will be a very entertaining fight. I expect it to be very technical and have a lot of um uh, there'll, there'll be a huge curiosity factor on both sides of the pond, so I anticipate it being doing well in terms of the viewership, and uh, we'll look forward to breaking it down. This is our last show of the year. Hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas, and um, Teddy, looking forward to 2021, getting the continuing to develop the show and getting better and bringing on more guests and covering more action, and um, it's been a great year. Thank you for everything. Always a pleasure. Um, yeah been loving it love all you fans out there thank you guys you know uh we we try not to let you down we try we appreciate you we don't take you for granted no 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 we don't you could watch something else or not watch anything at all so we we know that we know it's a privilege to have you um caring enough to watch us and we we don't want to lose that privilege. We want to continue doing what we do to hopefully continue to have your confidence and your belief in us. And we'll continue doing that. The only way we know how, by telling you the truth. And um, thank you guys for being there. Take care of your families. Take care of your loved ones. Care about other people. And uh, do as we do. You know, we appreciate uh, everything that's given us. And I know that you guys do. I don't mean to say it in a condescending way where we appreciate it, you know, but I just know that we appreciate everything that we have an opportunity to do here with our families, being able to get off this and go in there and tell them that we love them. We know that you guys do too. Uh, this is a good time to, it's a good time to do a little extra of it. Uh, you know, the holiday season, the new year coming, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good time just to remind ourselves, ourselves, all of us, how truly fortunate we are in so many ways. And um, again, be safe, be healthy, have a great new year. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being with us.